The New Testament lesson this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. Listen for the word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Oh, let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one of any of those things that they had seen. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When fog or mist or, yes, even a whiteout, envelop the landscape, the familiar drives, the roads, the crossing roads, suddenly they become unpredictable, especially at night, especially at night. Routes we would normally negotiate and navigate with our eyes closed almost make us slow down, become cautious and concentrate a little bit more We become hyper-focused on what is in front, beside, and behind us. Being in that landscape, in fog, enveloped in fog or a whiteout, disorients us, doesn't it? Have you ever been in a fog or a snowstorm? There, I said snowstorm. Snowstorm or, you know, been enveloped where you can't see anything but the hand in front of your face. The fog, the the gray mist, or the white snowflakes cast mystical shadows over the trees and the pastures, the water, and the surroundings. Even our sense of sound becomes focused. It also becomes critical as our range and line of sight fades. Movements begin to slow and become deliberate. We cannot see very far in front of us and have no idea what might emerge around us. As you know, I was on the oil tankers in my early college years and went on the oil tankers one one day 
coming back from Puerto Rico into Marcus Hook, Pennsylvania, we approached the refinery on the Delaware River to the Sunoco docks, and the fog rested on the water. You could see just to the bow from midships. We heard the blast of foghorns in the distance from other ships, two blasts. So you knew where they were, but you just couldn't see them until they revealed themselves in the docking areas just in the middle of the air, in the river, just so you could just barely make them out. The fog seemed to swallow up these immense oil tankers and reduce them to being almost invisible. But we knew they were there. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the mountaintop to pray. But once the cloud descends, they find themselves terrified, disoriented. They're confused. The dazzling white of Jesus' clothes no longer shines brightly. Oh, for a time, and you all know this, oh, for the time that they could switch to low beams. Perhaps they can't see that Jesus' face has changed. Moses and Elijah, those pillars, pillars of the faith, reminders of the law and the prophets, suppliers of tradition and the promised future, boundaries and challenge vanish. Being in the cloud, lost in the fog, disorients the disciples. They're no longer sleepy or weary. Their senses grow heightened with the adrenaline. Can you imagine the adrenaline that must be pumping in them as they wonder what might be revealed and where they are? When the voice comes from heaven, it must have been as unnerving as a ship's foghorn when you know that it's there, but you just can't see it. Everything quiet, shrouded in mist, until God says, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. God is far closer than Peter, James, and John ever imagined. Unquestionably, they were up close and personable, and and yet invisible. Maybe that's what a mountaintop experience is. Jill Duffield from Presbyterian Today said this about the transfigurative moment, about this moment. Sometimes we need to be disoriented in order to truly find our way. I thought that was pretty good. It's not, it is not okay just to, to keep awake. But we must be on high alert. Don knows about high alerts. Always ever watching, always ready At a moment's notice, all it has to hear is the sound, and they're ready to go. Always on high alert, opening our senses in order to experience the divine. Sometimes the familiar transforms into the sacred. The familiar transforms into the sacred. And God appears on roads we've traveled countless times. Sometimes the pillars of the past point the way to a transfigured yet unforeseen and uncharted future. 
Sometimes in our terror, the glory of God surrounds us. Sometimes, once we've seen Jesus' face, has been in the company of prophets and hear God's voice, all we can do is keep silent and await further instructions. I believe that the transfiguration story disorients us. I'm not sure what to say about the visions that were written about this morning of Moses and Elijah that the disciples saw. How did they know it was them? They didn't have a smartphone. They didn't have a picture in their wallet. They didn't get Google to look and see what picture might be. What about the clothes that glow or the face of Jesus somehow changing or a fast descending fog and the booming voice from heaven? I don't know. Folks, I do know, however, about prayer. I do know about prayer and the power that it contains. I know about going into a beautiful or far off or secluded place in search of solace or a sense of being with God. I do know about that. I know about gathering a few close friends in hopes of not being alone or for some semblance of safety. I know about being dead tired dead tired and forcing myself to stay awake because circumstances wouldn't allow for rest at that moment. I know about being terrified, blinded in a whiteout, literally and symbolically, every sense on high alert. Really, all I can do is wonder and dream about what it might have been like to see Jesus's radiating face with light in the company of Moses and Elijah, only to have them fade from sight while I hear the foghorn of the omnipotent creator telling me to get with it and listen to the one God sent to lead me, to guide me along my way. I I only know in part And yet you and I act with boldness and courage, commitment, because the dazzling light of Christ and the beautiful image of God permeates through the denseness of our lives. The word echoes through all of creation and we cannot help but keep silent, lean in, listen, and wait. We may not know everything, but we know unmistakably God's presence and the power, and therefore we do not lose heart. Even as we wonder what will come next, it's out of the transfiguration that we can bear witness to the transformative powers and the redemptive mission of Jesus Christ. The story of the transfiguration reminds me that when I am weighed down with sleep, tired, barely able to function, desperately trying to be obedient to and focused on Jesus, I know that I am not alone. There are other disciples that surround me. All y'all surround me. The covenant of God includes me. 
It includes all of us, the promises and the encouragement of our Savior, the ones that he offers to us in hope perhaps to spur us, spur us into action. God envelops us in the cloud that connects heaven and earth. God fills the space with God's presence. If we can just sit and silence and listen, we are in the very presence of God. A divine word will come. A great and certain mercy will come over us and encourage us. Don't lose heart, no matter how terrifying the whiteout, the fog, or the mist of life may be, because it's at this table, his table, that we see clearly and remember. My friends, if you're sick, God will heal you. If you are struggling, God will provide. If you're worried, God will be your peace. If you are lonely, God will be your friend. If you're loaded down with burdens, God will bring you hope because nothing is too hard. Nothing is impossible for our God. Nothing. Because our God is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Our God is the God of love that promises us an incredible future. And we cannot be moved by circumstances. Friends, it is at this table, his table, that we remember. With this drink, we are again nourished. We are fed the meal of meals. We are fed in a renewed faith. We are fed in a renewed beginning. We are fed in a renewed journey. We are fed in faith, hope, joy, and peace. And Jesus fills us with an immense, immense and powerful, yet everlasting love. Amen. Let us pray.